So how are we how are we going to jack up the intro today? What are we going to do? I don't know. What are we even talking about? What are we talking about this time? Or was it? Oh, I f- forgot. This is episode uh, plus plus. And what are we talking about? Oh man, there's a bug in my template. It's uh, I don't know. It's one more than the last one. Two twenty. Don't you ever joke? Don't you ever like kind of chuckle when you get like an email or something and you see like their their template had an error and oh, you know. Yes. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. Hello, last name. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Great. Good job, guys. I mean, of course, like when it's like, you know, a scammer, you're like, whatever. But, you know, when it's like legit companies that do it, you, you just kind of like extra little chuckle, yeah. like, huh, testing in production, are we? Seen them. Yeah, it's been a minute. I think, uh, I don't know if the tools have gotten better or what. Uh, what? You don't get the spams? Uh, well, I don't check my email. So <laughs> <There's> <laughs> a, that's a, one way to not, not, not get spam. Yeah, sure. That works. That's amazing. Hey, so so for real, this is episode 220, so you can go to codingblocks.net uh, slash episode 220 if you want to see the show notes on this, which I don't think these will be all that crazy. These will be crazy, crazy, crazy. They'll be amazing. You right. you want to click these. I like it. Don't, don't read them. Just click it. Hey, with that, then, we're going to skip all the good stuff. I'm Alan I'm Underwood. I'm Alan Underwood. Yep. I'm, Wait, I'm, what? I'm Alan Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> this will be confusing for everybody. I'm right, also yeah. Joe Zach, and I'm Michael oh. Outlaw. Right. You know it's so yeah. wrong. You, you'll find out why it's wrong that he's doing this here shortly. <laughs> 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 uh, Who are you, Alan? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, the yeah, person Alan. that hasn't said his name. Can the real Jay Z please stand up? Uh, I already wait, did. What is my going name. on? What is going on? <laughs> All right. Do we start yet? I think we. I think so. <laughs> yes, hey, we started. We've been so recording before, now. Before the madness goes on any further, we we need to take time to thank the people who took time to write us some reviews. Go ahead, and, Michael. All right. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not a good voice impersonator. Yeah. We wait. Was that when your voice like rose an octave? Was that you trying to impersonate me? No, is that what you're no, saying? No, not at all. No, that see, that's why. That's why I'm not a good voice impersonator. I just offend people. <laughs> like, that hurts my feelings. Right? Yeah. No. I don't know why I sound like Mickey Mouse, but all right, go Come ahead. On, Goofy. You do this. You do this. Uh, <laughs> all right. So from iTunes, is this legal? Mescal? Mescal? Wait, no. The other one is. Isn't there one? No, that's the alcohol that I'm thinking of. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what am I saying? And from Audible, it's Matt. Nice. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, It's Matt. I only messed up 50% of them. That's Kel. That's that's awesome. All right. Thanks for your reviews. We really appreciate it. We thrive on that sort of stuff. If you've got any three plus uh, stars (laughs) in you, then we'd love to have them. We're going to edit him. I swear. <laughs> it's a high bar now. Remember the days when we used to like ask for a five star? Now we're like, you know what? If you got a star hey, in you, I'll take smoke it. them if you got them. Right? Whatever you bring, got. More or better. Got. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an easy way to just remember as many as you can. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. So so you've got some some interesting news here. Oh, did Joe. you? Know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we did talk about that. Go right. ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, I was just saying like... Uh, that there's stars in like Spotify now, but I think we mentioned that a while back. So I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. I don't know how they work, but yes, I've seen them. You, I think you can only do it from the app. If I recall. Okay. 
And like, you can add like comments and questions to the very specific episodes. Mm, okay. Maybe we should check those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should do that and we'll do that and then it'll be all good. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, uh, I got a topic. So a while back, uh, I talked about this, uh, keyboard that looks like a Nintendo. Do you remember that? Yes. It's 8-bit dough. They normally make controllers, but it's a mechanical keyboard. It's not split. It's very like a traditional kind of keyboard. And I love how it looks. It's great. I love it's got these little dials for volume. It's got a little dial for switching between like Bluetooth or uh, like wireless 2.4. Uh, it can do wired. Uh, it's really nice for multiple computers. Like it's really great. I love all of it. Very uh, Nintendo-esque. Yeah, I mean, look and feel about it. Any NES eighty esque, right? Or any yeah, NES. Yeah, dude, it's actually got a it's got a volume dial, like like what you said, like a mechanical dial. It's not just a up down. That's awesome. It has A B buttons. It does. So cool. Yep, and it also came with this giant USB A B button too. That can go on the side. Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, But uh, here's the thing: Uh, I, I love most of it. Uh, but uh, it's a mechanical keyboard, and I don't like mechanical keyboards. <laughs> and I don't understand. Did why you not you know would. that about yourself before you bought this thing? You know, I did, and I thought that I might, you know, kind of get over it or get used to it if I kind of forced myself to. But no, it's really loud, and you have to push down, like you know, like for real. Hey, give us a listen here. T- type something on it. Okay. Can you hear this? Oh, he just logged off. Wait, hold on. <laughs> and he's gone. It oh, so I just deleted the uh, show notes with the gibberish. I haven't heard uh, of these, yeah. though, but these switches, they're, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right. Kale box switch. Oh, you haven't heard of those? Oh, those are super popular. Other than really? The, uh, yeah, other than the cherries, these are like the other big ones out there. Huh. Okay. Yeah, they've well, got they've got a ton of different ones, too. Um, I, so that apparently they put the loud ones on it. I'm just surprised that you even bought this keyboard though, Jay-Z, because this is, I'm sorry, I meant Michael. Uh, I'm surprised you bought this, Michael. This is a 87 key keyboard. So oh, yeah, I don't this is a that. tiny one. Like I'm surprised that you would have even tried that. I like that, Martin. You do? With that. Yeah. Like what are the keys do you need? <clears throat> no, no, no. But I thought that you wanted like ergo keyboards so that you don't have like, you know, deal with carpal tunnel or any kind of BS yeah. like that. Like you wanted, I know Alan buys the ergo keyboards. I thought you That's were into them as well. Of. Yeah, uh, I was. I, and I kind of still am, but uh, I had a couple surgeries and so now it's not really a problem. So you're like, bring on the next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. I eat carpal tunnel for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. no, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think really what it was is the Nintendo retro nostalgia just, mm-hmm one out major right like and i can see it it's gorgeous yeah i think that's the winner right there that that's really what happened here oh totally absolutely and i love it i don't even have a lot of like decorative stuff like i just don't really care what stuff looks like for the most part i just freaking love this (laughs) (laughs) entire background is blinked out you've got you've got things like hanging on walls and stuff i don't have any of that yeah man i've got a wire running down the wall for my vr um, that's a vir- that's a that's virtual that's just a picture you know like that's not real <laughs> that's hilarious but uh for real like what like what is it about the mechanical keyboard that is likable so in fairness like the noise 
Well, it, so it's not mechanical keyboards, and this is this is something that's you know if if you've ever typed on different mechanical switches, you can actually get switches that aren't loud that are still the mechanical. You get that feel to where it's got a little bit of back pressure on it, and then it breaks when you go past a certain point, right? So if you were to go research the kale keys or even some of the cherry key switches out there. Some of them like are super loud. Some of them are super quiet. A lot of them have different breaking points. Like some of them will be like halfway up. Some of them will be like near the top. Like as soon as you touch it, it like cracks down. So the, the like of a mechanical keyboard can be both the feel and the sound, right? Personally, I don't like the loud sounds, um, but that's mainly because I get yelled at when I'm doing it. So I've always thought okay. that like the the appeal to the mechanical keyboards was the feedback, the feel, yeah, the feel of, of it, it. the yeah. feedback of it. Because you go back and like think of the alternative, like because <clears throat> from is at least from what I can recall, like nobody care you know talked about mechanical keyboards until the chiclet keyboards came out, and that mm-hmm. I think is when it like really kind of came back into you know, disc- or, you know, even started discussions about it. And it was just, you know, the chiclet keyboards, you didn't really have as much feel about it. So the sound so, was just kind of a byproduct of trying to reproduce, like of trying to produce a specific feel. And that's what Alan was talking about. Like, where does it engage, you know, at the top, the middle of the bottom, or like how hard you had to press. And if you do press, do you get like, you know, for one press of it, you get multiples of it, of the key, all that kind of stuff. Some of them will like bottom out, like it'll hit the, the, like the very bottom. Some of them have like a soft spongy feel to it. Like you can totally, like if you go to a, it's drop.com. I think it's still drop.com. If you go there, that's like one of the websites that they're, they're always selling like mechanical key switches and stuff. And, and a lot of times they'll have like a whole, like pick from whatever set you want. Right. And I don't know. I mean, they're, they're pretty good. I actually, so during the day I work on my Kinesis, um, advantage 360, I think is what it is. No, not 360 advantage two. And it's a mechanical keyboard, but it's quiet, but it does have a great feel to it. Um, when I'm down here recording the podcast, I'm on the Microsoft sculpt ergonomic, which is the, the chiclets, but those have great feel to them. In my opinion, yeah. like they, they have a nice tactile feel when you push down on them. So I don't know. It's also too with or without the the keycaps are part of it as well. So like on this one that you you got, um, Jay Z, you have the PBT keycaps on it as well. Because I remember like we talked about the other ones being like ABS plastic versus the PBT plastic, and the PBTs have like more texture about them than the AB. Uh, that wasn't ABS plastic, right? No, Uh, maybe that was what it was, but. Yeah, because like the ABS ones are the keyboard or the the keys that'll get shiny and slick and smooth, right? Versus the PBTs will stay kind of a texture about them. So like, okay. you know, I got this. Uh, it's thing is, I think it's called the Kinesis Gaming Freestyle RGB keyboard. Love that keyboard. <sighs> so I, I had to switch out the keycaps. Cause it came yeah. with this, the, the shiny ABS plastic ones. Um, so this was out, if you recall, this was after I switched from the Moonlander and the Moonlander, 
I loved those keycaps. And that's when I discovered that like, oh, I didn't even realize I had a preference for keycaps until I ran into the Moonlander. So I took the the keycaps off of the Moonlander, put them on the Kinesis. But of course, not all of, I didn't have all of the keys for it. So I have like a mixture of like Kinesis and Moonlander keys on it. But um, I wish it didn't have the quiet, soft switches yeah. that it does on it, on it though. He, he likes the loud ones. <laughs> Okay, so dumb question: Is it would it be insane to like replace all the switches on the no, keyboard? Is that like no? Totally you can, can absolutely do that. That's is that one like of the benefits. Fifty minutes or more? Uh, you're probably going to spend an hour on it. Would be my guess. Okay. It depends. It depends. Is on the how is good the, the board tool is? Is yeah. the board even set up for that? Yeah. Right. Because those switches could be like soldered in, right? And then you can't uh, you, you can't pop check. them out. Yeah, you might check on that keyboard. I mean, there's an easy way to find out, dude. Did your keyboard come with a key puller? Like, well, that's the keycap puller, though. The keycap puller, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were to pull that thing off, you could look down in there and see how that stuff's set in there. I don't think it did. Mm. Oh, but I see it's. It says it's hot swappable PCB. What does that mean? I think uh, I don't know. Hot. Uh, yeah, so it's got a picture that looks like it's like. Swapping out the thingies. It says hot swappable PCB. I don't know what that means. I think that's referring to the layers thing, is it? Let's see. If you look at the Amazon page, we'll have a link in the show notes. There's like an icon, and it looks like it's like replacing the switches. I'm going to their website to see what they say. I would look better, but I have a cat on me. I mean, because it's definitely not going to be like hot swapping the, the key, key switch. Swappable PCB. Well, oh, hot swap keyboard versus soldered PCB. The easiest way to explain the difference between the two is saying that hot swap lets you take out the switches whenever you like, while soldered PCB can't. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, so you can switch them out. So okay. it says these come with the kale white switches, which are obviously loud. So I put a link in the show notes to drop.com to their switches. Um, so well, yeah, you could potentially buy those things. I wouldn't even do out. that. I w- I would um hold on. There's you should get uh one of these. Let me see if I can find it real quick. So like I'm just gonna throw out an example, but there's and this is not like the best example, but you can find things like this product here, which is a keyboard tester, and and it'll have one of all of the different mm. flavors on it. And yeah, that one's kind of expensive at $28, but there's cheaper ones depending on like that's a MX or cherry MX. So maybe that's the reason why that one's kind of expensive. So depending on like what family of switches you want to get, you could find one where you could like test the different switches to see like, which one do I like, which field do I like? And, you know, depending on, you know, it might be worth it for the the time and trouble, you know, because also by the way, too, there's another factor here too. And that's the, there's like little O rings in underneath there too, that can uh, impact the feel of that keyboard and any key switch that you put into it. So there, and there's larger ones. Like I'm looking at one that has, I put one that was like what 27 or something like that, or no 12 keys. Here's another, wow, how did I miss 27 and 20 and 12 together? But here's one with like 80, 81 switches that I'm looking at. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. 
And so, the O-ring, by the way, is what I was talking about. Like, there's some keyboards, like, when you push down on the key, it'll, like, it'll just smack the bottom. Those O-rings will stop where where it's actually going to hit. So, yeah, there's so much you can do with this stuff, man. You can actually spend a lot of time on it. And here's a All cheaper right. version of the uh, the Cherries MX, if that, because that's, like, the more common of them. But, but, but I want to test. dollars I want to test the silent keys. Yeah, yeah, but that's it's going to have like it one of everything. I mean, you'll be able to tell yeah. like, oh, turns out I like cherry browns because it has enough of feedback that I want, but also it's not you know loud. That's yep. going to bother okay, me. I see. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, all you'll right. be able to all try out all kinds of different ones. Yeah. So that that might make it to where you love your keyboard. Oh, uh, the we'll glorious PC. That. I like that one too. Hmm. So I get I can adapt to the feel. Like I feel like I don't really care too much what it feels like, but uh, the sound is obnoxious. I yeah, hate it. it is irritating. I agree. Oh, God, I, I can't even get behind this. I love that part. Like, it's <laughs> well, so- you sit down in a cave by yourself. Like nobody, nobody's around you. My wife, when I had one, the the Moonlander, she hated that keyboard. She was like, "Really? When are you giving that to outlaw?" <laughs> and I was like, "Soon." I need to record the the review, but she hated it. Yeah, I, I I personally love it though. Like it it energizes me when I'm when I'm typing on it, and I and I hear it. Like I don't know. There's just you know it. This job can be like both like you know not just the problems that you're solving and that you're looking at, but also the things you hear. You know that can be a part of the experience too. And I don't know. It's part of it for me. Not for you. I get it. Whatever. Outlaw's making music. Weird. He's a percussionist in his, in his yeah, off time. Or his all time. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for all recognizing. Right. So so the next one, this is actually something that, that Micro G sent us. And I thought I'd share it. It was it's pretty interesting. So you guys remember the um the latency numbers that every programmer should know. I think we've even talked about it on one of the episodes back in the day. Yep. Like read from disk, latencies, all that kind of stuff, right? So he found something that is like for the new age cloud costs that every developer should know. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was pretty cool. So if you go to the link that we'll have in the show notes there at the top of the page, he also has a link to a latency number one. That's pretty cool. And it's worth calling out just because they have some nice looking um, illustrations. Like if you drag the the slider over, it'll show you how long in comparison some of these things take. So at any rate, it's neat for looking at the old stuff. But the new stuff I thought was interesting because I think we've talked about it on this show. Like you can get some super good value out of some cloud services, right? And I think one that all three of us can agree on is cloud storage. I mean, especially if you're working, it would not make sense in my mind for you to try and run your own Hadoop cluster and, and manage all the disks, disk stuff in the cloud when you have something like S3 or Google Cloud Storage or Azure um, Blob Storage, right? Like it, it's so cheap and it has, I don't remember how many nines of uptime. Like, why would you even touch anything else? It's just too cheap. So I thought it would be fun to share some of these costs. And, and it's kind of cool because they have examples of like how you would use this. And it's sort of like a shortcut calculator. Um, before, before I go into this, keep in mind, and I, we've said this before too, if you are a company or if you're working for a company that's going to be spending any real amount of money on cloud stuff, 
these numbers are published type prices. If you start signing long-term deals like, hey, I'm going to sign a three-year agreement with Azure or AWS or, or Google, you're going to be talking to a salesperson over there and your numbers should be 50 to 75% lower for, you know, hey, we're going to spend X amount of money with you. So just know that up front. But so some of these numbers real quick, 10 gigs of enter availability zone data transfer is 10 cents. 10 gigs a month, a month. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Monthly cost. 10 gigs of blob storage is 50 cents a month. 10 gigs. That's, that's pretty cheap. Um, 10 gigs of attached storage. Attached storage is if you have like a VM running and you have a drive attached to it, right? 80 cents a month, 10 gigs of data egress. So that basically means if you're sending data outside of that cloud availability zone, you're going to, you're going to spend 90 cents. Um, 10 database IOPS is a dollar. 10 custom metrics is $2. One IPv4 address is four. 10 gigs of log storage is five. And believe me, when you do things in the cloud, you're going to spend some money on some log storage. That, that's how you're going to find out that things are working or not. 10 gigs of RAM is 25 bucks. One vCPU is 30 bucks. A Redis server is 160. I don't really like this one um, because that's, that's very um, generic. Like you could set up a, Rev, a Redis server with a ton of RAM. You could set up like, I, I just don't like yeah. that. Um, yeah. That like one. what's the specs of that server? Right. Same thing. They have a Postgres server here. That's 180. Again, what's the CPUs? What's the RAM? Whatever. Uh, but whatever. Um, one GPU an a 100 equivalent. Now I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, I assume it's like some heavy duty, uh, like probably AI or, or, um, machine learning type of use. It's three grand a month and an H 100 GPU is nine grand a month. So those are, those are NVIDIA specific. Okay. Uh, Okay. So like an NVIDIA a 100 tensor core GPU, and then okay. the H100 is the H Nvidia HGX H100. Okay, so so it is very much for ML and that kind of thing. So well, I mean, if you're gonna anything you're gonna do GPU related in the cloud, I mean, you're not connecting. <laughs> hey Google, here's my monitor. Will you like? I want to one vGPU, please. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> but you know the 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 thing going back to the Redis and Postgres servers is that both of those are baking in things that you talked about above. So they're baking in the cost of a CPU. They're baking in the cost of some amount of memory. They're baking in the cost of some attached uh, storage. And, you know, so. Well, that's what I find ironic. So they have examples of how you would use those numbers above, and they actually have one for a Postgres deployment. And this is why I'm like, man, why'd you even include it up there? Like you're talking about that Postgres deployment that they mentioned was 160. It was going to have nothing. So this project specs, a large Postgres server with 64 cores, five terabytes of attached storage and backs up backups of 10 terabytes to blob storage and one terabyte of logs. So if you use the numbers above, you know, I'm not going to go through all of them, and multiply them out. The There's going to be a test cost, on those numbers at the end, by the right? way. Yeah. But the end cost is $3,300 a month. So, so that's, that's why I wish they would have just left it out. Right. Like, 
really what you're paying for when you're doing the cloud stuff is the number of CPUs you're using and the amount of RAM you're using and then whatever attached storage you're going to put in those things. And, and I think that's good enough to get you kind of where you want. And this is really good just for being able to quickly spec out, you know, this project that you think you want to do. Well, you know, like uh, maybe contradicting myself from a moment ago, maybe they're talking about managed Postgres versus self-managed because in this Postgres deployment here, maybe that, because they do talk about self-managed Kafka instead of Kafka as a service kind of thing. So maybe that's where he's talking about like, Hey, if you were going to run a, a Postgres database, Using like Cloud SQL, for example, or uh, uh, what was the Amazon uh, RDBS? Amazon RDS, RDS. Yeah. So yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, they they have pricing and this he, list. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. Uh, I was just going to say, but even then, look, there's still details that aren't talked about because even if you were going to do a managed uh, Postgres, it, you know, the number of backups that you're going to keep uh, and have the size of the database, there's still other costs that would be associated there. So yeah, I agree with you that those two are not like the others. They just don't drop them out, right? Yeah. yeah just yeah. get rid of them in that list. Uh, I will say, and I, this is probably worth a little side conversation. So the three of us have worked in Kubernetes clusters for a little while now, and we have a mixture of some self managed things like Postgres and, and some other stuff. And then we have some things that we actually use that are cloud managed, right? Like, so think AWS RDS, right? Uh, all right, Jay-Z, your take, what should you use and why? Uh, start with the managed stuff, I guess, you know, I like it stinks, like just things like upgrades and like regular maintenance stuff. It's so nice to not have to worry about that, especially if you're on a smaller team. Uh, the, the, on the other hand, like it's a pain working in the cloud all the time. I want to work locally. I don't want to have to spin up resources and clean them up and just manage all that stuff and look at cost spreadsheets every week and see if anything's running off the rails. And I don't want to deal with that either. So, um, I, I don't know. I guess I want it both ways. So <laughs> it was a non, yeah. you didn't have yeah. a definitive answer there. No, I don't. I, there is no answer. It's all bad. Go back. Right. Don't do anything in the cloud. Just try to <laughs> just. Like you don't need to scale. Just like let's all just do desktop software. That's funny. All right, outlaw, you go. I feel like we've been doing. In fairness, like I think we've been doing Kubernetes now for several years. Yeah, that's what I said. If you didn't realize, but um, I, I, I kind of love Kubernetes. Like I, the thing, the thing we've talked about our love of scaffold before, and to me, that's like game changer where you can like scaffold up locally in any environment you know you want a postgres server sure spin one up right you could you can use scaffold to spin that up you could also use scaffold to spin it up in a, an environment like a gke environment for example so i kind of like the portability and flexibility of that which is the best of both worlds and i would actually argue that even if you did have a managed service for something like um your cloud SQL database or whatever, right? You still got to deal with upgrades. That's not happening for you. That's not free. You still, they're still going to like whoever your provider is, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, they're still going to say like, Hey, these are the versions we support. And you know, a new version of Postgres just dropped and you're going to have to decide like, Oh crap, I need to verify like, does all my code, my, you know, currently support that version. Can I safely upgrade to it? 
and still deal with issues of like, oh, things went sideways. I got to roll back. I mean, we we use a managed Kubernetes, right? How many problems do we run into with managed Kubernetes in terms of like upgrades and oh crap, support, upgrading you know, the backplane, yeah. thing, things went out of uh, you know support and we weren't prepared for it or whatever. You know, like those kind of problems exist. Just because it's managed, that doesn't go away. I hate that argument. So that's interesting. I, I actually like both of you guys' arguments on this because um, I, you're both right. Of course I am. Thank you. But there, there's an interesting <laughs> change though, right? Though, So we so we said Postgres, for instance, right? Like Postgres, if they if they drop a new version of that, then yeah, you, you got to deal with it, right? Because they're, they're trying to keep up with whatever the latest clients and, and features are. However, if you're using something like BigQuery, that's something that just Google offers, that's nothing out there that has some client tool set. Well, I guess I guess they might have some things that you may end up changing at some point, some libraries that you bring in. There's definitely going to be APIs that are going to version. Yeah, yeah so I guess I that, guess that, that, argument that goes back to our Kubernetes flat. example because you yeah. know we're using Kubernetes APIs that can be that can go out, right? And it, and it doesn't like you don't even have to think of API in the terms of like uh, you know, like a programming call that you're going to make, it could just be like, what do you mean API? This is stuff in YAML. YAML's yeah. API. Come on, get out of here. Really? <laughs> so, so there are some interesting side things on, on both of your takes on that. I will say it is nice when you're using a managed service and you don't have to worry about the disk running out of space in your Postgres database, right? Like that's, that's garbage. It, it stinks when that stuff happens. And when you're self managing it, you know, if you've if you've done any database administration at all, there's a lot to it. And then when you do it on top of something like Kubernetes, there's even more to it, right? So so that can be painful. On the flip side though, I do agree. There's something nice about having the same thing running locally when you when you want to test something out or or managing your costs because the flip side of that, you know, not running out of disk space in your Postgres database, you release some sort of change and didn't realize that you were flooding the disk. And all of a sudden your, your cloud costs just quadrupled because this thing scaled its disk size and you didn't know it. Right. So man, it's such a tough thing. But so, I mean, the whole premise of that started off again from an argument that I don't like where it's like storage isn't infinite just because it's just because it's managed. So like I just looked it up in cloud SQL, depending on how your instance configuration is, you definitely have limits of of the amount of storage on that, so you can absolutely, you know, you blow it up. Yeah. yeah, you can you can kill it in in a managed environment too. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I will say the one thing that I don't love about managed services is it can be really hard to test your code properly, right? Like when when you have things that are set up in a managed service way, like man, how do you, how do you make these things hot swappable without just mocking everything under the sun? And then it feels like you're writing a bunch of code to test something that's not even real. Uh, that's, that's one thing that's always kind of drove me a little bit crazy, but, but yeah, I think I'd be torn on if I was going to spin up an application, whether I'd do something like, you know, have a Kubernetes cluster and just run my stuff versus, Oh, let's just use uh cloud SQL or Amazon RDS or, or whatever. Right. So thought it was an interesting little side thing. All right. So with that, that was excellent. Thanks. Thanks, Micro G. Run. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, it is good to see these things like that, you know, 
I do appreciate that this is Vantage that put this out here. Uh, the, you know, what was it called? The, every, the cost every programmer should know. But yep. mm, I hope they keep this up to date <laughs> regularly. <'cause, laughs> yeah, for like, real. Also, also, like, did the article say, like, is this AWS specific numbers? Because they very, are talking about, AWS like, AWS, uh, you know, elsewhere on their site. So, yeah, so I it think, is. I think it's based off AWS. They don't necessarily call it out directly. But I think AWS is a pretty decent baseline because it's who everybody else is either trying to kill or or keep up with. So it's probably not a bad baseline. Okay. Let's here here's a game. Oh, no. Because we've also had the uh, privilege of working in the major three cloud environments. Azure, AWS, and Google. At this point, with the experience that we've had of each. Which one do you think you prefer the best or the most? Mm. Uh, okay, so I am biased because the one there's one I've grossly spent more time in, and it's Google, and I like how civil it is. And I guess it does kind of fly in the face of uh, you know the idea of like using managed services because they don't have nearly as many, and the ones they do have are kind of unique to them, like BigQuery, Bigtable, stuff like that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was so, waiting for it. It's like, is he going to say it? You know, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm gonna do it. yeah. But he doesn't so, yeah, say I it guess, for BigQuery, so that's weird. Well, yeah, BigQuery is two words. Oh, uh, or at least it's capitalized a Q, but big to bold, little t. Okay, so that's ridiculous. But mostly, mostly based on usage, you're going to go with Google. Well, yeah, and uh, the simplicity. So I'm going to go. I'm going to say use Google Cloud and uh, don't use managed services. Alan, okay. where are you at? Oh man, uh, mine's going to be sort of a non-answer, which I hate. Uh, AWS has every service that you could possibly ever think of. We've made fun of their their logos oh. for their services, right? Because they're awful. So if you want if you want something, <laughs> it's probably over there. So for that reason, I like that. I cannot stand their interface. It might be better than it was previously, but if you have to go up on their console, I never liked it. I hated it always. Um, I loved Azure in the time that we spent there. Like I, I truly did love it. I feel like it was sort of in between AWS and GCP in terms of the number of services they had. Like they were, they were real quick to get on the ML train and offer a lot of stuff there. So I did like Azure, but um, I, I too, I've spent a lot of time in Google cloud and I like it. So, I mean, it, it would basically go that way. If it, if I was just in love with the UI stuff, I would go Azure, right? If it was the console, I would much rather spend my time in Azure. Um, I do love Google's documentation. They've done a really good job on their cloud documentation. And, and so has Microsoft. Um, I don't know that I can say the same thing for AWS unless you're doing Java. So I, I don't know, man. Like that—that's kind of where it is. I don't hate any of them, but it'd probably be Azure GCP up there at the top, and AWS if I needed anything. <clears throat> okay. So my take on that: first of all, a little bit of background. Like the three of us, you know, I would say in terms of time spent, it would be mostly Google and AWS. Would be like those two are pretty close, right? you know, a lot of usage in each of those and Azure we had, we were deep into it when we were there, but 
We just didn't get the amount of longevity with it that we did the other ones. We're in so, the honeymoon so that's the, that one. That's the background. I would say that, you know, I absolutely hated everything about the AWS console. <laughs> Never enjoyed a bit of it. It was Same. awful to use. It might um, be better. It might, it might be, be it might be. Yeah. It has that's in fairness. Yeah, sure. Fair call out. It's been it's been a minute. Um and I think like right around the time, like there was eventually like a uh a command line tool that came out, you know, a, a decade plus ago that was right around the time that I think we all moved away from that, uh, if I recall correctly. But um you know, so that that would greatly simplify a lot of it, right? Um, I absolutely loved the Azure experience, though the the UI for it, like it was mm-hmm. the most polished of all of them. But uh, the the AWS one was like super confusing to configure everything, and every time you hear about somebody getting a storage bucket wrong and like all this publicly available information, you're like, "Yep, totally understand it," because. <laughs> yeah, there's a right. It's easy yeah, to mess up. Rocket science. Yeah, you know, yeah, for real. Um, but you know, the Azure the Azure was also complicated too. I'm not saying it wasn't, but the UI I just felt like it was a lot easier to work in. You know, it almost it was almost like Windows in a web browser kind of thing, like the way you navigated through it. So I really liked that one. But uh, you know, kind of to Jay Z's point though, like Google might not offer as much as like an AWS in terms of like, here's a service for everything that you never even thought you might need. But the things that they do, they do extremely well. And the UI is nice. Like I, I do like that. It's, I think it's a nice blend of like, has the functionality that you want. Right. But the simplicity, you know, uh, of like the, the, Azure and, and like the ability to like, Oh, let me just share this link and I'll make it relative or, you know, time-wise, or I'll make it very specific, you know, time-wise, or let me pin this one log message or, you know, Oh, Hey, here's the, here's the, uh, if I wanted to create this, uh, node from a command line, here's the command to do it. I can just copy that straight from the UI. Boom. There it is. And Oh, also there's a, a command line utility that I can use to do all this stuff. So, um, not saying that Azure doesn't have a command line utility, but just saying like it's it's a great blend. So, you know, but also it is like daily driver. So I, I kind of concede that like that's probably a lot of that justification. But even yeah. when even when AWS was our daily driver, I was like, oh my god, really? Oh, I never never liked it. Yeah, I will say one one of the things that I appreciate about Azure, and I also appreciate a lot about Google, the at least their console. Like we talk about using their console and as a developer like the stuff that you're going to deploy doesn't matter right that that's not in the console you're scripting things out whatever that's one thing that i always thought that azure and google did a great job of is if you're trying to create a bucket and you want to make sure that it's locked down doesn't have public access and all that stuff like they give you all those those options in the ui and then down at the bottom would be like hey create this request in a rest format or in the GS util format or in the Azure format, right? Like, so that was one thing that I always appreciated is you could get your feet wet up there 
take that code that it generated and then actually put it in the stuff that you want to deploy. And that, I don't remember that ever being anywhere in AWS felt like AWS was like just stumbling around in the dark, trying to find stuff. It, it may have eventually gotten there, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't while that I recall while we were there. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, uh, if you got a star in you, leave us a star. Um, <laughs> just one. Yeah. And if you're like, but I've already done that, Michael, you're allowed to do it again. Uh, you head to codingblocks.net slash review and find some helpful links. And with that, we head into coding pair party part party. Yeah. Coding party. Coding. <laughs> Mental blocks. Mental blocks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. We do oh, that. I forgot. We did. Yeah. Oh, Mental blocks. Yeah, I got to make a note of that. There we go. Mental. Hear that keyboard? That's beautiful, right? <laughs> Mental blocks. So do the, so do the neighbors. <laughs> Maybe that's why they don't come over. <laughs> All right. So episode 220. This is uh, even. So according to Tech Co's trademark rules of engagement, Jay-Z, you are first. Let's go. The categories are <clears throat> arrested developments. International Man of Myth Story, Virginia and Georgia, Merriam-Webster defines it as chow. And lastly, let me noodle on that. You no know, pressure, Jay-Z. I'm, I'm on a winning streak. <laughs> I did go to a hand-pulled noodle spot the other day, and so I am up on my noodles. All right. Let's do it. So, noodle. Okay, let me noodle on that. Uh, one through five level... Of difficulty. Two. Oh, come on, man. That didn't shout confidence. (laughs) It never does. Uh, These long ribbons of pasta get their name from a word meaning little tongue. Oh, long ribbons. Is it? I mean, I, geez, I only know like a couple. So I'm going to say vermicelli. Alan, care to? Wait, no, wait, I said fettuccine. You didn't say fettuccine. <laughs> I wait. was actually going to say, but it's ribbons, so I don't. Uh, yeah. Bow tie. I, I don't know. All right, so both of you get a uh, linguini. Linguini. Interesting. Yep, yep, yep. Um, man, those are some good ones. I'm surprised. I, I, I really. Surprised at some of the ones you didn't go with, but okay. Um, cause yeah, they were so much more interesting. International man of myth story or arrested developments. Those sounds super easy. interesting. It's what? Easy. No, you, I, I guarantee yeah. you wouldn't Give me the fifth it. level myth one. I, I guarantee I got it. This one doesn't count for points, but he right. who has lost his mind and seeks to find it is one rendition of the name of this hero whose story is darker in legends than in Longfellow. I have no clue what's going on there. Yeah, man, I, I, I got lost along the way. <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. And I'm looking at it. Um, Hiawatha. I, 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 I believe you. You know me in proper nouns. I'm sure. I'm sure that's wrong. It was properly done. Uh, was it? Okay. Right, guarantee I failed. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, Alan, this is your chance. Your category choices are 
Obscure movie quotes. Done. That's the one. That's got to well, be outlaw. the one. Outlaw would get That's all those. That's got to be the one. A total frame job. Famous women. Blended words. For example, sitcom. Or nature. And lastly, seems like ancient times. Blended words for three, please. Outlaw. Uh-oh, we have a potentially dangerous situation judging by this type of suit worn here. Oh, man, it's a picture. How am I going to do that? Um, G- give me 200. Give me 200. Yeah. Your pal and your rival wrapped into one. Frenemy. Dang it. That is correct. Very yeah. good. Very good. Give me a second. I had it <clears throat> a little slow on the uptake. Yeah. Is there? <laughs> All right. Pressure's on now. All right. So, uh, round three, Jay Z, this is your chance. Choices are philosophy, we mean business, impersonators, boozy phrases, official state stuff. Or lastly, they were teachers. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> uh, don't boozy pick the phrases. One. Boozy phrases. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Um, <laughs> for the fun. For the fun. Top shelf or? Oh, geez. I'm, this is going to go bad. <laughs> is this middle shelf uh, or top shelf? What are you doing? I'm trying to win. Let's go with one. One. Oh, look at that. This booze yep. comes up. Wait, let me rephrase that. This booze comes before up in a phrase meaning to create interest or enthusiasm. This, this, what? Phrase comes before up. This booze comes before up in a phrase meaning to create interest or enthusiasm. Uh, Jeez. Is this booze like B O O Z with an E at the end after that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I guess hey. in fairness, I probably should have said that beforehand. I'm sorry. Yeah. I guess you could have thought it was like B O O S like you're being yeah. booed. Booze. Yeah. So, so read that That's one more thought. time. I redo. Don't lie. Redo. You lie. <laughs> I thought it was about ghosts. Uh-huh. Uh, um, all right. Uh, it's either, I guess it's gotta be, Cheer. What is cheer? You drink a lot of cheer. Cheer wine. Alan, read the, read the thing again for me. This booze comes before up in a phrase meaning to create interest or enthusiasm. Man. I, I don't know. I got nothing. Gin. Gin up? You're trying to gin, gin up? up interest in your new website. I've get never out. heard that. Yeah, that's oh, that's come on. Come You've on. never gin heard up? that phrase? Never heard that. Gin up? Not no. gin up. No. I'm not, I'm not a 70-year-old man who drinks brandy. Um, this has nothing to no. do with your mahogany and you know <laughs> leather. Like, no, this is... This has nothing to do about how fast anything escalated. This is just... Get up some interest, though. I haven't heard it. But, hey, 
Hey, on the upside, I won. <laughs> yeah, you did. I truly have a win streak going. Yep, yep, yep. That is a, a winning streak of two now. Yes, right? Yes, right? Okay. I think so, yeah. Dang so, whew, boy, these the points, these get close, man. One yeah. to zero. <laughs> uh, almost took it. <laughs> you know, like we had like somebody asked the question of like, uh, and, and it was Matt, uh, in, um, the review about like, well, uh, why do they do these games? I don't know. We got to like break up the monotony of these conversations somehow. Like we, if you haven't listened to all the old episodes, there used to be a survey in here and we stopped doing that and instead injected these fun and shenanigans. Cause it used to be, uh, tr- you know, Jay-Z and Alan trying to guess, uh, the survey results and yeah. they never did. It's just fun. Like, like we don't want to, we don't want to be professors marching back and forth on a stage, just, you know, spouting technical garbage. There's gotta be a little bit of light levity type stuff. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, getting back into it. That's the episode and have a good day. (laughs) All right. So we we do have a couple more. So again, this one also from micro G. So, man, I've been so busy with work and things and, and coaching baseball, uh, that I've been terrible about getting a slack and, and Mike had just left several things for me. So I had to share these. So this one is a link. I'm not going to go through all this stuff, but we've talked about static analysis tools and I love it when people do these, these lists on GitHub. Oh yeah. I, I don't know why, but I, I've always enjoyed them. We just lost Jay-Z. I'm sure he'll be back. I find in a it crazy that like people use GitHub to, as their documentation. I know it's, it's <laughs> insane, but I, I, I absolutely love this setup. I don't know why I would, but, <laughs> I would be so disorganized. I would have a list in like a VS code tab that I hadn't even saved. I'm just relying on VS code to restore it. When I reopen VS code and be like, Oh, that's probably what I should use. That's how I do actually. So, um, going back to that, I use obsidian, which was something that Jay Z turned me on to that. It's very much like VS code except for note taking, which yeah, is yeah. beautiful. Um, so at any rate, this link here is just a list of a ton of static analysis tools. And I mean, they've even got it listed out by languages. So if you have a particular language you love and you're looking for some static analysis, Go check out this list. I mean, like it is a super duper long list. I'm checking out the Kotlin stuff now. I'm wondering like, Hmm, can I, how can I bake this into our pipeline? Don't we have one? Yeah. Are we using KT lint? Yeah. Yep. That's so there's also that there's also like a KT, uh, format or KT FMT, which it looks like that's one done. Yeah. It's by Facebook hmm. or Meta. Facebook. All right. Yeah. So, so definitely check this stuff out. Lots of, lots of cool stuff in here. And then, all right. So outlaw, get into the next one here. I think this one's, this one's pretty fun. Oh, we're done talking about the other stuff. Okay. I mean, unless you want to talk, I mean, <laughs> all right. Okay. So Matt uh, brought this up as part of his, uh, Matt, you get two call outs. That's the third one. There you go. Welcome. Um, now you got to give us that many stars. So if I say your name two more times, you got to do two more, <laughs> two more stars. Uh, yeah, that's how it works, right? Beetlejuice, yes, Beetlejuice, like Beetlejuice. That. Okay. Right. So in his review, he said, I'd love a breakdown of what each of you think 
are your key differences in philosophies or approaches to software development could be from arguments or debates on older episodes, uh, whether on coding leadership, startups, AI, whatever, just curious about uh, then how about how best to tell everyone's voices apart and what they're saying. So this is where like, you know, okay. I was kind of like, you know, messing around with everybody, uh, before when I was, you know, saying that I was Jay Z and also Michael and also Alan, but really this is Alan, um, speaking now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so, so to be clear, it's easy to know my voice because I sound like a California motorcycle rider. That's, that's what I've been told. Mm. Yes. You don't no, remember that? I, 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 mean, I do remember that. And yes, you seem to like never forget it, but I don't think that's the way I would describe I mean, it. Clearly, clearly that's what I sound like. So, uh, <laughs> hold on. Here's, so there's an easy way to know when it's Alan. If your spouse or SO has ever been like, now, which one's that? Alan. <laughs> that if the voice is deep, voice. if the voice is deep, it's not Michael. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. We, we have we just like here's the here's all the list of things to like check for that don't exist your right. wife doesn't like the voice well then it's it's if your wife no wait yeah if, you're, if your wife doesn't like the voice then it's not not i put too many negatives in there if your <laughs> wife likes the voice then it can't be michael or jay-z uh, whatever this uh, got hard I, I don't know that that's true man i can't tell you how many times doing youtube videos people are like he sounds like Hank selling that propane. <laughs> I was like, man, really? That's, that's not right. I didn't say it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I went ahead and, and hung myself with that one. So yeah, that's, that's terrible. But you know, what do you do? So, so I'm Alan and, and I'll tell you like, at least my approaches to software development, I, I feel like I'm a very middle of the road guy. I am, I try to be pragmatic. I try to do things right, but I don't try and over-engineer things for 50 years down the road. So that's like my approach. Um, Says the guy with every project he's worked on since the beginning of coding blocks starts out with, well, I got to figure out how to do a login system and it needs to be able to handle a concurrent a billion users concurrently. So, Oh, maybe I need to use like some kind of like auth plugin to do that for me. Cause I don't want to write that from scratch, Right. but all I'm trying yeah, to do I mean, is a hello world app in this new language. Am I really, yeah, I need the authentication. Yeah. Oh, and I need yeah. to support, Oh God, encryption, uh, yeah. TLS. Yeah. 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 So I think that's another funny thing though, is going on from that it is it's true. Like I definitely try to, when it's my personal projects, I'm trying to push the envelope on, on what I'm actually trying to learn. Right. So I'll do stupid stuff like that. But I think the other things that this show in particular kind of put on me is I now care very much about DevOps in, in my software development, right? Like I want, when I commit something for it to build and pass and be good, right? Like I, I don't, I no longer want that we to be something. That one! <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> there's a convert. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's another thing. And, and really that came from, you know, just going through the material and talking about the importance of, of, you know, automated systems and automated deploys and all this kind of stuff like that. That's so huge. And then the other thing that I will say 
that's that's funny like ai was brought up here like i think jay-z is going to be the one who speaks to that like i'm probably the one that doesn't adopt things like that as fast like i'll wait a minute and part of that's because i have three kids and i have no time but um i love that stuff but i'm usually not the first one on the bandwagon partially because they want my phone number and i don't like giving my phone number out so (laughs) so so that's another one and then and then one last thing i'll touch on 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 the leadership thing Personally, I've never, as a developer, as as even having been a manager, I do not like boxing um, solutions, right? Like, I don't like it when somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want you to do this this way. Or if I if there's a project, I don't want to give it to somebody and be like, hey, do it like this, right? That's part of, I think, why we love what we do is because there's a creativity. There's like an art to coming up with good solutions. And if you give us the same, if you give us three, the same problem, I guarantee we do it differently, all three of us. Right. And, and I think there's, there's a beauty in that in that everybody gets to learn from the approach that somebody else took. And, and to me, that's super important. So micromanaging a software developer is like the last thing that I think anybody should do, especially a good software developer, right. Somebody that's not new. So that's it. We're going next. All right. Well, uh, I am uh, Joe Zach or Jay Z or whatever. I have a bunch of different names. Uh, it's very confusing for everyone in my life, including myself. Uh, <laughs> on a, I, I mean, like even the restaurants I go to, like I got to remember like which ones are like which. It's like sometimes like I pick up under my wife's name. Sometimes it's my name. Sometimes it's my name is spelled. Sometimes they call me Jack. Sometimes it's Zach. I'm, Everything. And that's how I code, too. It's a big, uh, old, chaotic mess I can't do. You, you know, you say the three of us would do the same project uh, three different ways. Like, I would do the project three different ways. Right. You know, totally. I had to do it three times in a row. Um, and I do, like, uh, just kind of trying new stuff out. I always think there's probably going to be a better way because whatever I'm doing is dumb. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it probably is. I uh, do like AI. The couple other soapboxes are, are things I tend to come back to all the time is like game dev. I love game dev and I love uh, talking about full stack development. I, I really like um, resourceful solutions or um, just, I don't know. I like, um, I don't even know what I like, but <laughs> I like to see creativity and, and resourcefulness and uh, chaos. So that's maybe comes through on the show. I don't know. So hmm, approaches for me. So like I would say uh, deer in headlights every time there's a new project, like, oh, God, scared, afraid. What? I don't know how to do that. Um, and then that line. and then it's just like start small. Like, I don't know, but let me like figure out these little bitty bits. Right. Like if it was, you know, connecting to using some new technology like a Kafka or Flink or whatever, like let me. And we write something that just even connects to it first, right? And like start small and then iterate on it. And, and, you know, before you know it, I've like written more code than I should have. And then I'm like, Oh, here's all the things I did wrong. Um, so, you know, I guess, I guess another way to say that too, is like kind of probably jump in before I should maybe, you know, but, I, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Cause I mean, I, so you don't like, you don't have a little bit of a panic every time you like have some new project on like something completely under like new, new to you technology. Right. There's not like a little bit of panic, like, Oh crap, I don't know anything about that. And you got to go figure it out. Right. 
Um, I think I know everything until I am like five minutes into it. And then, then I get the panic. See, I think I know enough to know that I don't know what I don't know. And that's where I'm like, Oh crap. Well, you know, what's interesting about that. Like, I think we all have a little bit of like, Oh man, where, where do I take the first step? But I think one thing that I always like is like when, when, when I got into Kotlin and Java and I knew that I was going to be working in spring, I'm one of those people that just because I've been doing something a particular way for the past 10 years, if I get onto a new platform, I'm going to try and do it that platform's way, right? So I'll probably burn a lot of time up front learning about the, the idiomatic way to do something in a particular language in a particular framework so that somebody who's familiar with that language and framework, when they come behind me, they'll feel at home, right? Like they're not going to go through and be like, what is this mess that this person did? Right. So like the, when I first started spring, I don't think I actually wrote any code for a week because I was watching courses on it and finding out, Hey, how do I do JPA? How do I do this? How do I do this? You know? And, and so I think some of the nervousness goes away because it's always such a, a hardcore learning opportunity that it, that it takes some of the edge off, you know? Yeah. But you started from the place of like, I don't know yeah. any of this. And like yeah. your, your panic moment was to go read. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you know, you go fig- start figuring it out a little here, a little there, you know, but um, yeah. Oh, and I don't know if I said, you know, through all the joking aside before, like I'm Michael, um, <laughs> but uh, where am I? I could be Alan. I don't know. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, I love, I love the concepts around DevOps and you know whatever i can do to like automate things and to make things testable and repeatable so those are like i think like now foundational kind of skills you know that man like imagine if you started your career you know like i mean for you guys especially it was so long ago that (laughs) (laughs) yes indeed (laughs) you know like yeah how great that would be right to start your career like you know um you know and like you think about like the students coming out of school now like i don't know that those kind of things are being taught in in those in schools but you you kind of hope that they at least get some kind of introduction to it because it is so much more powerful uh, in terms of like how you can iterate fast and, um, you know, with confidence, you know, so I don't know. Those are my passions, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So I think the three of us are, are pretty similar in that regard, like in all those aspects. So, I mean, we just do yeah. Oh, one other thing, one other thing. And this is something that sort of came out of that YouTube video that I did where I took chat GBT and had it create an application for me. Like one thing when I'm starting an application, I'll almost always make it one monster file, right? To, to, to get, to get something working. And then I start looking at it and going, okay, this is where I think the lines are, right? Like, this is where I think that I should break this thing out into its own component. And this thing, like, I, long time ago, I used to try and, like, design everything up front. And then only to realize after you get into it, it was like, oh, that was complete garbage. Like, I've got to redo it all now. So now I try to get to a working prototype and then say, okay, where does it make sense to actually to, to split this thing up? 
Yeah, I, c- I could understand that. Like, I, I definitely will like refactor as I go, kind of scenario, which is what you're describing. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess with that, we will head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week. <laughs> All right, and hey, I'm going first, but uh, you know. I'm going to give you a little bonus one that I haven't written yet. So I was looking around on drop.com. Was it drop.com? The mechanical keyboard site. Um, Let me just say, this is a website focused on mechanical keyboards. And the first thing that struck me is they pitched that if you sign up for like their annual program, you get like 30% off keys. Do you know there are people that just replace their keys all the time? That's crazy talk, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like lubrication kits. There's all sorts of stuff. <laughs> there are so many people buying so many keyboard parts and accessories and cleaning kits and everything else that there are subscription plans for it. That is crazy to me. What's it's crazy, like, though, is the judgmental tone that you're taking as you say this. <laughs> like, Well, so I, I was like, I started looking at silent keys and I was like, this is too much. Let me just ask Reddit. And... I did not know. First of all, the ones that like everyone's got like a list of top 10 and there's like nothing in common between any of these top 10s. Uh-huh. They're all like total wacko things. I'm not wacko. But they're just, like, they are. I've never heard of any of them. And people will write paragraphs about the springiness and mushiness. They have charts. They have graphs. I mean, it's in, it, it's crazy how much effort that people put into. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed. It's it's not crazy. It's fine. You like it? You like it? Cool. I'm glad that it exists in the world. I just can't believe it. But I'm like literally looking at a post right now where like um, the categories that this person's review has like uh, price, stem, wobble, spring, factory lube, mushiness, overall impression. And then there's like a paragraph for each one of the review of these silent switches. I mean, it's crazy. So yeah, uh, we'll have a link to that in the show. It's, it's cool. But, but I want to I want to be clear on something though, right? Like drop is not a keyboard specific thing. Right. This is used to be like mass drop, right? Now what it used yeah, to be. It was oh, mass drop. It? They also have headphones. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's all they, kinds they, of random stuff on there. You can find, I'm looking at like pins okay. and puzzles. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense to me. Okay, good. If you ever want a nice set of headphones, like sort of audio file type headphones, it's a great site to be on because what they do basically is they'll put a set of headphones out there and be like, Hey, if we get a hundred people to buy them, then we'll do this drop or something. Right. So, and that, that's why it was called drop. So they get a mass bunch of orders to get a big discount and then you get stuff for, you know, 30, 40% off. It is heavy, heavy on the keyboard. So I, I mean, like if you even scroll down to like their guide section, it's all your keyboards or audio file, audio file stuff. Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. that's the section that you, you were in. Like they have also like battle stations and there's yeah. desks and chairs and, yeah. Well, well yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe they know what I was searching on. Cause it's like literally keyboards and headphones. They, I guess they know me. <laughs> so yes, like but, it. but there is a crazy amount of stuff that you can get for keyboard switches. It's insane. Desk accessories is pretty nice. Sorry. See, See? So there you go. You're welcome. You, so that was a, you a bonus to spend money bonus botched. All right. Hopefully you can't hear that cat in the background. There is a kitten driving me up the wall. I don't, I, it's so hard for me to do this episode because actually he's lying. He's trying to make you think that was him making cat noises. (laughs) There's really no kitten there. He's allergic to him. 
Uh, well, the, uh, <laughs> the non-existent kitten has discovered that I still have my plate up here from dinner and is like trying to do everything he can to like run away with it. And anyway, uh, yeah. So here's my real tip. Uh, how do you center a div in HTML? You can't. You don't. A bunch of times. <laughs> it used to be the answer. And it, like, if you still Google it, you'll find a ton of Stack Overflows. It all depends. You know, like click on the code pen and whatever. And they're all different. And they don't work for your situation. And like, it, you don't even yep. think your situation's that weird. And it's somehow, a myth. It, no it one is. can it's do crazy. it. Uh, what if you need to, uh, you know, right align the text inside the div that's centered? Or what if you need the text center too? Or what yeah, if you need three that. devs, divs like spaced evenly? Uh, you know, stuff like that. And you want them all in the middle? Jeez. Oh, Cat, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, there is uh, a game that our uh, co-worker, uh, Nicholas, a friend, uh, mentioned. Uh, Flexbox Froggy. Have you ever seen this? Uh, no. Yeah. So I still don't even really know what Flexbox is uh, other than it's, you know, CSS. <laughs> and I'm definitely, I'm so rusty on web dev stuff. It's crazy. But uh, what it is is basically a, a cool way of aligning things uh, that's surprisingly simple. And uh, it works for a lot of different use cases. You basically set the display as flex instead of like a block or inline block or whatever. Uh, and then you can say, hey, uh, flex start to align items at the top of the container, flex end or center, and it just centers it. And what this game does is it just walks you through a bunch of situations and says, like, hey, uh, align all the frogs uh, in the middle. And you do that. And so, okay, well, now align them this way, align them that way. And it's got little challenges. And you don't even have to go that far into it. There's 24 total challenges. I think I got through, like, five of them and, uh, like, was able to do everything I needed to do. And it's so much easier than all the weird left 50% negative ad margin set the parents container to. Oh, yeah, wow. You're still trying to do it stuff. that way. Yeah, it's terrible. So, uh, that's what stack. So stack overflow kind of has some history problems with things like CSS and HTML and stuff where like it's got answers that were voted up a million billion times from 2005 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and there's like the new answers that are so much easier are you know in the comments because the question got locked or was a dupe or, you know, like all sorts of stuff. And so you really have to kind of dig to find like the modern answer in some cases. And so that kind of stinks, but uh, yeah, Flexbox froggy is a way to combat that. This is really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. And it, it really works. Yeah, I'm on level five too. Nice. All right. All right. Uh, so let's see. Oh, so this is one that happened to me recently. I don't know. I was working on this big PR and at some point in one of my commits, I deleted some binary file that was in, in the, in the repository. And so when I was putting together the PR, Looking at it going, oh, probably shouldn't have deleted that. I don't even know what that file is, so I want to get it back. And so my first thought was, okay, well, I'll just go download it from the previous commit or whatever and get it and then recommit it. Well, there's an easier way, and I probably should have known this because we did that whole series on Git, but that's been a minute. So I Googled, and I found this thing, and there's actually a really cool way to do this. So you do a Git rev dash list head dash n and then one and then dash dash and then the file name and what this basically does is say hey go back and find the last instance that this file was modified in the git history right in the revision list 
And then once you get that, it'll give you back a, a hash. Then you can basically do, uh, what was it? You can get checkout the hash and then use the, the carrot or the up arrow looking thing and then put that file name again. And basically that's saying, okay, so you saw it here, go back to the commit before that where it existed and then check it and then add it back in. And it was beautiful. It was so easy. And so I have a link in the show notes to this. Um, it, it, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. And I actually had to use it twice because I somehow deleted two files that <laughs> I shouldn't have. So yeah, this, this might be helpful to you if, if you uh, ever find yourself in this situation. Nice. I could have sworn that we have talked about that before and I was looking at it. I was trying to find it. I'm like, did we not? Where was it? But I'm coming up empty. Yeah, I don't like, know. Trying to trying to find a reference to anything Git in our <laughs> ten years of show notes. Too much. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah. I was coming up empty. Like I'm sure. I thought I could have sworn. Whatever Maybe you did. Yeah, but it's been a minute. We'll never know. I mean, it, yeah, it's been a minute. Um, even if we did, we there's there's no proof of it, so it never happened. Um, okay, so here's one for you. This is a, uh, and I thought Jay-Z would especially love this, but maybe now with his surgery stuff, he's like, whatever. I ain't got yeah, time for I don't that. Need you. So this is a product instead. Uh, you know, so in fairness, there will be an affiliate link to this. So, you know, heads up, but this is the life pro hand massager. So, um, I got turned on to this by my uh, guitar instructor. He had mentioned, I was talking about like, you know, sometimes after playing for a long time, uh, you know, sometimes like parts of your hand can hurt from, you know, and you're like trying to play like a certain chord or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, I'm just sore and I don't feel like playing that anymore. Right. And he was like, Oh, well, you know, considering how much you play, you might enjoy this. Uh, this might help you out. Cause like, and he said that he uses it daily. So it specifically says it's for, uh, arthritis and carpal tunnel relief And the carpal tunnel is why I brought it up. Cause I thought like, Oh, Hey, that might be, uh, you know, you might like that, but it does hand wrist and, uh, it comes with like little finger massager things, but, uh, and it does heat and compression and it's kind of trying to do like, I guess, uh, like an acupuncture kind of thing, but it's like all these like little, like picture, like a bunch of little like BB pellets, you know, like small, um, small little pellets that are like, you know, being smashed into your hand. And it's just like, you know, squeezing the heck out of your hand. And, but it's so awesome. Like it just feels so great when you do it. And it's battery operated. I uh, charge it by USB C and, uh, you know, there, you know, the one side, I w- the one thing I will say about it is that at least in my experience is that it has for the battery, a life indicator. It has like four dots and you can charge that thing up, you know, have it like sitting on a charger for eight hours and then you'll, you'll use it. And then during that first use, you'd be like, Oh, we're only at one dot of battery. You're like, wow, I already killed the battery. And I have used that thing so many more times after that, you know, where it said it was only one dot and it was just fine. So I don't know how they decided to calculate the battery. Um, life on it that part is not reliable <laughs> you know <laughs> so i'm just like in my mind i'm like whatever i i because i crank it up to the max i turn on the heat and the vibration mode and then 
you know, we'll, we'll use it on both hands and then I'll throw it back on the charger or whatever. But man, this thing is awesome. It feels so good. And especially and as a bonus, you're going to be Mega Man for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 If you had another one, you, you definitely would look like Mega Man. Cause like, Oh, let me show you by the way. So this is what it would look like. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Pew, pew. Yeah, you really would. You really would like look like Mega Man. Uh, now I want to buy a second one. Uh, and then I could be like Halloween and be like, oh, I'm both comfortable and Mega Man. I'm dressed up. It's on sale on big, big <laughs> Is deal, it? whatever. Yeah, it's on, uh, what are they calling it? It doesn't even Prime show that online. Day. Yeah, fifty nine eighty five right now. Mega Man only has one gun, one okay, buster gun. This is where this is where I get irritated with Amazon sometimes. Oh, and now it did. Um, when I first put this link, I opened this link up a few hours ago for the show. It was uh, seventy nine ninety nine. It was regular price. So yeah, um, prime big deal is what they're calling it. Yes, but also, you know, even when it was at regular price. You have to be careful because I didn't pay the rate, that seventy nine ninety nine price because normally there's a coupon that you can apply to it so that you you can get it at the discounted price anyways. But point is is that it is awesome. I think you uh, you if you play a guitar or an instrument or whatever, and like sometimes like after you've been playing for a long period of time, you know your fingers and hands can you know, be a little sore and you want to like a little bit of relief there, or if you uh, you know, if carpal tunnel is a, a long time issue or even arthritis, then, you know, there you go. It's awesome. It is awesome. Thank you for noticing. Yes. yes. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Later. <laughs> I can't. Hey, check us out on Twitter or X or whatever it's called <laughs> at coding blogs. And uh, hey, join Slack if you haven't if you haven't been a part of our our amazing discussions over there with with just killer people. Uh, go to codingblocks.net slash Slack. Uh, I think that's good enough. I, I, what part of later? Don't you understand? I can't do it. I can't do it.